What's up, everybody? Hi. Hey. Hey. If you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. Me? I like doing investigative work. And so, when GameTime mentioned their app can get users better prices just before tip or kickoff or first pitch, I had to track it myself. And I can tell you, I feel very confident waiting till the last minute to pull the trigger with GameTime. This app is not like your flaky friends. It always comes through when it's called upon. And now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code NODUNKS. Once again, that's NODUNKS, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money! Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code NODUNKS, and it expires at the end of the year, December 31st, 2019. That's very soon, so make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. When we was younger, we would go smoke crack. Welcome to No Dunks. I'm Tass Mellis. With me here is the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! Oh, you got to join in now, JD. We're (laughs) short today. (laughs) And making all the magic happen, that is Jason Doyle. Hello. Hello. No skeets. No lead today. Don't worry. They will be back very, very soon. The team is still together. But it's us right now. After the holiday break, we're just trickling in. Just a few of us (laughs) here. Just (laughs) trickling. We are here. Uh, we decided that we would do uh, a winners and losers from the holiday break because there's some things we want to talk about over the last week. We didn't get to talk about the Christmas Day games, but we'll keep it as current as possible because that's what we do on this show. Usually it's daily, but we're going to take advantage of this uh, this week off that we had. We had some shows for you there. We got to we gotta take it for the full the yeah. full space here, Tassie, because I have been driving a lot. And, and you know, <laughs> okay. I'm seeing a lot of signs on the road. This is a hands-free state. Uh-huh. Hands-free Tennessee in 2019. So, you know, I wasn't able to have my league pass fired up while I was crushing nine hours on the road <laughs> yesterday from Metropolis, Illinois, all the way to Atlanta. Uh, but, you know, the highlights are always there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll let you talk about christmas day and all that tray we'll get into it i think we're gonna go heavy on the winners i think because we're a little bit still in the christmas spirit we can be grumpy in january you know (laughs) yeah 2020 (laughs) we're gonna be a lot more negative (laughs) most people like to change things around be positive in the new year not us we're going the other way yeah yeah that happens after a couple (laughs) weeks and everybody gets nasty we'll get to uh, a tweet of the night a little bit later on it's a non-basketball-y one but it's still a good one my favorite yeah, <laughs> it'll be a good one. Uh, but first, let's start with the winners. Uh, Trey, get us started. What's your big winner from the uh, the week and the weekend? This is going to be a weird one, Tassie, considering the weekend. But I got Joel Embiid as a winner, mostly for his performance on Christmas Day. 31 points in 29 minutes against the Bucks. And the thing that has me calling Joel Embiid a winner is that for the first time this season, I think people are ready to talk about Embiid as one of the best players in the game. You heard it on a lot of podcasts. If you're spending 16 hours on the road, you're listening to a lot of basketball (laughs) podcasts. And in multiple ones, you're hearing Embiid be called one of the five or six guys who could be the best player in the league. It's obviously not the case night to night with him, and it hasn't been so far. But ever since uh, Barkley and Shaq criticized him 
uh, on inside ever since he said he needs to be having more fun. Embiid has been great. That Christmas Day game, it was awesome to see how he was guarding Giannis, how he was able to be such a difference maker on the defensive end, sticking with Giannis on drives. Like, Embiid is such a big guy that you kind of just think of him as a rim defender, which is clearly what his strength is, but... To be able to stick with a guy like Giannis, give him the threes. Giannis went 0 for 7 from 3 on Christmas Day. Embiid played it perfectly, and as soon as that happened, everybody was like, hey, the Sixers are for real. It was weird how it Embiid just happened. Embiid is for Boom. real. One, One game. Exactly right, because everybody was watching. That's the thing, and it right. was it was a, a great performance for the Sixers, but it was nice to see Embiid and the Sixers remind everybody that this is a team that a lot of people picked, me and you, to yeah. go to the finals this year. And I think seeing them beat the Bucks, even though they went on to lose against Orlando <laughs> and Miami by a total of two points. I mean, it's not terrible. Even though they lost those games, I'm still considering the Sixers as a championship contender. I still think they can win the title. I, they're behind the Bucks, the Lakers, and the Clippers to me. But they're right there with the Rockets as a team that, if everything falls correctly, if they peak at the right time, they could win the championship this year. I am totally with you. They are big winners from this week, even though they take that game and then they go and lose to the Orlando Magic <laughs> right after it. It's it's sort of a typical Sixers thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't play up to, to their competition or they play down to their competition. They do play up to their competition, but sometimes they just lay some eggs. That being said, we've been waiting for Philly to make their mark and show that they are a championship team. And on Christmas Day, they did exactly that. And Embiid said a couple days ago, a lot of people have forgotten, I guess, who I am. And it's true. Uh, You know, we've kind of just put him in sort of not the top, top tier of the league uh, of, of players because he hasn't been that great. But then he goes up against Giannis. And even though they play different positions, Giannis makes his mark at the rim. And he was trying to get there every single time. And there's only a couple guys who can really guard him. And Joel Embiid is one of them. And when Philly went and signed Al Horford, we thought, okay, Al Horford can actually defend him pretty well, as we saw in that Boston-Milwaukee series in the second round last year, plus Joel Embiid. This is a team that could go to the ship. And Giannis Antetokounmpo was one of nine when Joel Embiid was guarding him on Christmas Day. I kind of hate that stat because there's a lot of noise in it. But <laughs> sure. but Mike O'Connor of The Athletic broke down every single play. Joel Embiid was pushed out of the way on the first possession. Giannis drove to the rim like everybody does. Then the next possession, he took it in the chest and altered his shot. Then the third one, he got a block. And that's why Giannis wasn't that great because Joel Embiid is that good. And I think it's sort of like the Sixers. I think that those few possessions are sort of – emblematic of what the Sixers are like. You got to push them, you got to wake them up, and then boom, here they are. They're a championship team, and I, I would have definitely taken them as a winner, uh, even despite those those couple losses over the weekend, which, again, were nasty. Uh, in, 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 <laughs> to Orlando and Miami, Joel Embiid did the Jimmy... I thought you were going to mention that he did the Jimmy Butler in Jimmy Butler's <laughs> face on Saturday night. He did the sidestep Jimmy Butler under a minute left, and nailed it. Yeah. That, that seven-footer, 260 pounds or however big, he should not be able to do that. So that was pretty cool to see. And then he gave the ball away with it. With it, it was a dumb possession where he hung onto the ball forever. Um, but this is that that game against the Bucks. Great sign that they're coming along, and they're not going to make a franchise tying 21 threes like they did. <laughs> but at least they know how to win. Uh, and that they can beat the Bucks, and it's a bonus to us because that was the first time that 
they're or the first time that they played this season. There's three more games this season that they play, so I'm looking forward to to all those coming up. You know, through the next few months, even though there's going to be some dead time in March, where we will really be crusty and, and angry. <laughs> um, but we'll see, well, we're going to get to see Giannis and Embiid go at it again, and that's that's the matchup. It's so weird because Giannis doesn't line up against Embiid, but Al Horford goes and takes Brook Lopez on the perimeter. And then Giannis is just – it's like they line up. It's like Giannis is coming down the lane and beat is there. And it's a, it's a cool matchup to see. I want to see them in the playoffs. I mean, who knows how it will all shake out. It could be a second rounder. It could be in the conference finals. But uh, Giannis was dominant against – the Sixers last year. So the addition of Al Horford, Simmons is obviously a great defender. Embiid is doing his thing. Josh Richardson is out there. They've got a lot of guys who are going to be able to help uh, this year on Giannis. And I wonder what the Bucks will do to attack Philadelphia because the thing that usually kills the Sixers is like a small shifty guard. I suppose that's Eric Bledsoe uh, for the Bucks, uh, and, but is he always is reliable right. in the playoffs? I don't know about that. Embiid is rounding into shape, though. He's 25, 12 and a half, three and a half assists on 50% shooting during the month of December. The guy gets compared to Shaq all the time. Shaq played himself into shape during seasons, and maybe that's what's happening with Embiid, but I was glad to see him back uh, in the public consciousness for being <laughs> a good player, for sure. Yeah, and... You know, teams go by the spirit of their lead player. And as you said, Joel Embiid kind of playing himself into shape. It's totally true. I think he's ready to peak in the in the playoffs. And so that's why we probably haven't seen peak Sixers to this point. And that's why they're sitting at fifth in the Eastern Conference, which, you know, they're not far off from second at all. They're pretty close. It would have been it would have helped if they beat the second place team, the Miami Heat, in that game that went to overtime on Saturday night. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I can still believe I can still see them in the Eastern Conference Final at least and giving the Bucks uh, a run for the money. Looking forward to the postseason with them. Let's move on to another winner, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City. <laughs> We're talking about the Thunder. Uh, they're 17-15. They've won 6 of 7, 11-4 in their last 15. They sit 7th in the West. They beat Charlotte, then they went into Toronto and beat the Champs on Sunday night. Canadian Shea Gilgis Alexander had 32 points, tying his career high in Canada. And it was kind of neat to see him do a post game interview. Chris Paul kind of jumped in and was like, hey, give him some credit. He's, he's doing it at home. <laughs> and Shea Gilgis Alexander, probably the loudest I've ever heard him talk, say, hey, buddy, uh, you're taking my limelight, which was kind of cool to see. I, I like him. He, they are overachieving, no doubt, uh, at this point. Being in the playoffs, people consider them a bubble team. People said, hey, their starters are good, but what about their bench? You know, their starters are CP3, Shea Gilders-Alexander, Danilo Gallinari, Steven Adams, and Terrence Ferguson is their small forward. That impressed people. But their bench actually has been great. Outscored opponents in 75% of their games. Three-quarters of their games, their benches outscore their opponents. And that's a big part is Dennis Schroeder, who's uh, had five consecutive 20-point games all off the bench. 15 or more points as a reserve in 14 straight games. Those are both team records. Now, are they a winner because they're in the playoffs? Yes, that's part of it. <laughs> but I think they're also a winner because the question they have to answer is, are they going to keep this team together? Which is fine. If they want to go to the play playoffs and make a run for it, that's great. But also on the other side, they're a winner because they could be trading a bunch of these guys and they have played themselves into great trade value positions. Chris Paul? He's got a huge contract, but still playing well. Steven Adams can always trade him. And Dennis Schroeder, uh, who 
you know, to me, he was questionable to play uh, on Friday, and I, 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 to me, he hasn't been a guy that uh, I've loved since he left Atlanta. But when he was questionable on Friday, he played, scored twenty four. Chris Paul said after the game, Dennis, man, he's a trooper. You saw early in the game he was limping, then he just turned it on, and that reminded me of how people thought of him when he was with the Hawks. Mm. He was just an up and coming star, and then things went downhill. Things went downhill with his club here in Atlanta, DS-17. Didn't work out whatsoever. Uh, but he got into the starting role. He butted heads with, I think, a lot of his teammates and with Coach Budenholzer. But now he's in this reserve role, and he's got another year on his contract. He's tradable. Uh, and maybe this is the the peak Dennis Schroeder. Maybe this is the perfect role for him in, in a bench role. Uh, but maybe there's a team out there who would give up some things for him. I, I think there's a, that's, there's a possibility. He could be... Detroit's new Reggie Jackson, I, I think. There's a, because they <laughs> trade just keeps shuffling through old Thunder point guards backups. Yeah, that's, nice. that's totally true. Uh, and also, I mean it by Reggie Jackson hasn't really worked out in Detroit. And I think, I don't know, you're taking a chance on Dennis Schroeder also not working out if they were to trade him. But there's, I, I went through the trade machine. There's some packages to be had if, if the Thunder want to give up on Dennis Schroeder, especially because they've got Shea Gilders, Alexander, mm. and you can always use two ball handlers, so maybe they want to go forward with him and Dennis Schroeder as their future, but there's you could trade him for, you know, take a chance on Thon Maker from the Pistons, Sekou Dumbuya, who is, uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but uh, he's their first-round pick, and, and, and a, and a first-round pick and some money, that could definitely get Dennis Schroeder, I think, you know, some combination of that. So they're winners because they're, being talked about they're in the playoffs because uh, this team is actually pretty fun to watch but also because they've got assets to be had right now there's there's definitely there's a lot of guys that can yeah. help other teams and, yeah. and Gallinari didn't even yeah, mention Gallinari Nerlens Noel has been really solid off the bench as a defender and a, uh, an impact guy with blocks and steals and you know just dunking everything that he can that's a guy that could help teams too and it's such an interesting question because this is now, I think, season 12 in OKC uh, for the Thunder. They have made the playoffs in nine of those seasons. The first year, they didn't make it because they were still a bad team. Everybody has grown. They had the year when everybody was hurt, and they couldn't. They didn't make it to the playoffs, but they're in the playoffs every other season. So does Sam Presti have the stomach to say, hey, we're in the playoffs right now, but the team isn't going to win the championship? This is not a, a finals, conference finals contending team, I don't think. So, I mean, the correct future move is to sell off those guys, to bring in assets, to be ready, to have a good team when Shea's a little bit older and you've put some pieces around him. But maybe the business move is to get back to the playoffs because your fans are used to going to the playoffs. And it's hard to say, hey, we're good now. We're selling everything off. I remember the Chicago White Sox did that years and years ago. The white flag trade. See you later, Wilson Alvarez. Sent him to the Florida Marlins, if I'm not mistaken. Did, did he help them win a World <laughs> Series title? I think I – think might have actually gotten a championship the marlins won a couple of world series then and then then they sell off all their guys and Uh, they're terrible so i don't know sam presti is he's a dealer he's a dealer but i hear you i hear you he could help them stick around or help them go to the playoffs by having them stick around and then maybe in the offseason saying all right some of you teams that aren't getting free agents because there's not a lot of free agents to be had hey you want dennis schroeder He's a decent guy. He just made a draft <laughs> pick. Come on. Yeah, we'll give you – and even Steven Adams. I, we, we're sitting here sure. doing the show here in Atlanta that you had to drive to yesterday, Trey, from Chicago. And <laughs> Steven Adams would be fantastic on the Atlanta Hawks. He would be absolutely perfect. And how many more incredible years does Steven Adams have in him? You know, he's, this is eight, year eight in the league. Yeah, if Sam Presti 
I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's an odd odd situation because you got you have two extremes with their roster. You have the young, very young good players and Shea Gillis Alexander, and then right at sort of the end of their crest, their primes in Chris Paul and Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari. So Chris TBD. Paul still got it though. He oh, is yeah. still a good player, and that's the thing is that his contract is so big and runs for so long that even if you are trading away Adams and Gallinari and Schroeder, you still have Chris Paul, which is maybe too good to really be in the in the tanking sort of bad teams you know he'll still have this team challenging for the playoffs mm-hmm. and it seems like he's not a guy that's going to be able to be moved this year though maybe that's just big talk and we're trying to get some offers out on the table so i don't know if you trade steven adams gallinari Schroeder, and chris paul is still there your team is still competitive you still got shea he's still a really solid player so maybe they can have it both ways maybe they can trade those guys and still make a run at the eighth seed yeah, and Chris Paul, if he's traded, I think this team falls off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't make the playoffs. I, I highly doubt he is. Even though we sort of skip over him um, because he's sort of been a constant in this league for so long, he has been really, really good. And, and some of the Shea Gilgis Alexander's rise definitely has to go to Chris Paul, credit to him. And he's been healthy the entire season. I don't know how long that can last. Can he play 82 games? Chris Paul has been phenomenal, though, and maybe it's time to cash in those chips if, if, if there's somebody out there to take it. All right, Trey, what is a uh, another winner for you on the docket? My next winner is Mike Malone, who got a contract extension on Christmas Eve. What a Christmas present wow. that is. He's extended with the Nuggets through the 22-23 season. He's gotten extensions in back-to-back years. I don't know if that qualifies as back-to-back jacks, but it's back-to-back <laughs> checks, which is all right. The win total for the Nuggets have gone up every single season that Malone has been coaching there, 33 to 40 to 46 to 54 wins. And despite the fact that the Nuggets haven't looked as great as everybody was assuming they would, they're still second in the Western Conference. They yeah. have nine losses. They are a top-five defense, which is more of a Mike Malone signature than uh, lights-out offense. So, you know, they're creeping up on the offensive rating as well. They're up to 10th now, and I like that the Nuggets are saying, look, there are expectations for this team. We may not have met these expectations, but those are just media expectations. The team is still good. They're still growing together. We saw Michael Porter Jr. have a great night in his first start. So I think uh, the Nugs just appreciate the stability, uh, the growth, and the culture that Malone is setting there. That was what was happening with Malone in Sacramento. And they said, see you later, buddy. And they haven't really been able to get back to, I guess, the heights that they were uh, or the consistency that they were where they are at least competing every single night. I also like that Mike Malone on Christmas when his team was losing came to the third quarter interview and then he said, I think a few of our guys just enjoyed Christmas morning too much. That to me kind of validated every thought I've ever had about Christmas because anytime somebody plays poorly on Christmas, I just think he'd just rather be opening presents. Yeah. He'd, rather, he'd rather be snacking on a chocolate orange, smashing it on the table, mm. breaking down some slices. So if a coach thinks that, I don't feel quite as dumb for thinking that a player would rather be with their families. It's a tough to play on Christmas. But, yeah, uh, yeah the Nuggets right. are looking good, even though you know they're not looking exactly how we expected it to be. I think exactly that when I watch any team, basically on any day around Christmas, like the 26th or 27th, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, they have the Christmas hangover. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought the Magic would lose to the Sixers because the Sixers played on Christmas and the Magic didn't. Magic had, I think, three, four, 
three at least three days off. Mm. I thought, you know, over Christmas you get to you get to go away, you get to go do your thing. I thought they'd be fat for sure, <laughs> uh, but then they won. But yeah, that's that's always my excuse. The Nuggets, though, we have really killed Nikola Jokic this season, but maybe he's playing himself in the shape. He's been awesome lately, and they're nine and one over their last ten, and they deserve just just credit for a, a team that. Yeah, we expected to be great right out of the gate, but who the heck cares now that they, you know they they got by uh, a lot on a lot of these wins by the skin of their teeth, and they're still continuing to do that. They even did that Sunday night when, when as you said, Michael Porter Jr. made his uh, his first career start. But who cares? They're twenty three and nine, uh, and they're you know fairly close to the Lakers in the number one seed, and they could easily be the two seed at the end of the season because. Uh, yeah, they're turning it on, and they've got a great defense, and Nikola Jokic is finally getting uh, to his better self, best self, and they're just so deep. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy to say the Nuggets are good. Yeah, and Jokic is going to finish the month at basically what he played at for his averages last season. 21, almost 10 rebounds a game, almost 8 assists a game. That's where he was last year when he was an MVP candidate. It's just taken a little bit to kind of to get them into – their chemistry right there, their flow right there, still figuring out rotations. They're trying to work Michael Porter Jr. And because he's a guy that can really raise their ceiling, somebody else who can put the ball in the basket while not taking things off the table defensively. So, yeah, I mean, you know, an underwhelming, I would say, first 15 games of the season, but they've really turned it on, and they're looking good. So kudos to Malone, kudos to all those Nuggets for figuring it out, even when, you know, we were thinking, you guys should be way better. They're still very good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of underwhelming, my last winner here. Actually, no, I got I got more winners. My my next winner. I'm just positive, Pete here. Uh, Utah Jazz, very similar vein to the Denver Nuggets. Did not come out of the gate flying, but just like the Nuggets, they're hot. They've won seven of eight. They went into L.A. and beat the Clippers on Saturday. And I don't care if everyone on the team says, "Oh, they're sick." The Los Angeles Clippers locker room. Everyone's saying, "Hey, we weren't feeling good." Oh, Doc saying, "Oh, they own." Uh, some of these guys, only Kawhi only played because Paul George is sick or the other way around, whoever. Everybody's sick, it seems like. They lost. The Jazz are now the sixth seed, and uh, they're creeping up. Uh, they're three games out of the two seed. They're not far off. Uh, I think they're, they're totally meeting expectations. Um, even though they had a slow start, their next seven games are against sub-500 teams, and then after that there's even a few that trickle in. They could be popping up the standings right quick. And Donovan Mitchell had 30 points against the Clippers on Saturday. He's looking like the number one option. He's playing the, the point guard, really, with Mike Conley out. Uh, Joe Ingles is working in the starting lineup. Their defense that we all expected to be good is coming around. Jordan Clarkson, who they traded for while we were gone, has been fine off the bench yet. Uh, a 19-point night against the Clippers, nine before that, which is you know Jordan Clarkson-esque. You're going to get the highs, you're going to get the lows. Uh, but now they have a, an interesting predicament when Mike Conley does come back because he's been out for an extended period. Obviously, hadn't been working with the Utah Jazz all that well, um, but he could you know come in and take the pl- place of Royce O'Neal in the starting lineup, which would make the most sense. Royce O'Neal being the least productive. Uh, offensive player, but keep Joe Ingles in the starting lineup. And, and maybe it's just time that we look at Mike Conley sort of as, as more of a role player uh, on this team and in his career, I guess uh, I should say, because he's 32 years old. And that's great for the Utah Jazz. They look good. Uh, in, in general, they have an offense, they have a defense, they have a bench, and they look like a basketball team that's that's capable on, on in all facets. They've, uh, they've quietly put this thing together, winning 7 of 8. And jazz fans always say, just give it time. The Quinn Snyder playbook, it's so deep. It takes forever to read. It takes forever to learn. And maybe that's exactly what's happening because they had 
you know, a slow start to the season. It feels like every single season, then they turn it on as they kind of meld together, get the defense cracking up and beat a lot of bad teams. But they're also able to handle a Clippers team, which, like you're saying, isn't a full-strength Clippers team. But if they're out there playing, you got to beat them. So they're going to feast a little bit on some bad teams here as well. The Pistons, the Bulls, the Magic, the Pelicans, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Wizards. They've got all in a row. They're going to be in the top four in the Western Conference by the end of, I don't know, two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. And then we're just looking right back at the Jazz the way they always are. An incredible regular season team who is tough to beat night in and night out because they do the right things. They play defense, and their guys kind of just do what they're supposed to do. You know, they uh, made the move for Jordan Clarkson, which to me is almost like a a little bit of a white flag trade in itself because you're like, we got to get somebody. Well, Jordan Clarkson can score. I saw that with the Cleveland Cavaliers when they tried to trade for him as their their little boost during the season. And, you know, you'll get get the highs of a 19-point game and the lows of the nine, like you're saying, Tass. You can't necessarily rely on them, but they needed somebody else who can – dribble who can make plays and Clarkson can do that he perhaps will be a little bit better for them than Jeff Green was who they just released who's cleared waivers if anybody out there wants a Jeff Green throw some money at him (laughs) maybe they just needed another guard especially with Conley going down somebody else to handle the ball so you know, same old, same old with the Jazz. It's kind of like the Spurs. Are you going to pick them to miss the playoffs? Or are you going to start worrying about the Jazz? You can't do it in December. Wait until, I don't know, March? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting team uh, when you start looking at their players. Just a bunch of guys that could maybe perform and be great, like Donovan Mitchell, who's really coming into his own. Boyan Bogdanovich, who's been awesome this year. Rudy Gobert. Joe Ingles, who's got, you know, a serious range of great to not so great, but he's been very good in the starting lineup. Mike Conley. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Emmanuel Moutier. I, I, yeah, I think they, yeah, I think they're finding it. And, and and I would keep Joe Ingles in that starting lineup. Mike Conley probably goes in there as well. I doubt you have a thirty million dollar man coming off the bench, but um, <laughs> I think it's shaking out real, real well. As you said, next few weeks they'll be up there. Uh, my last winner here it is. My actual last winner, the Holiday Family, the Holiday Bros. For the first time in NBA history, three brothers played in the same game when Indiana played New Orleans on Saturday. Pacers Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday lined up against bro Drew of the Pelicans. A few weeks ago, the Atetokounmpo brothers, Giannis Thanasis and Costa, they were all suited up, but only one of them played. I don't think Thanasis even played. I think you're right. Costa, he did not. No. You, I actually remember that. Yeah, thank you. And Costa, <laughs> Costa definitely didn't play it. Uh, so just one plate. So that's the first time. And another family twist in the Pelicans-Pacers uh, game. Pelicans assistant coach Jamel McMillan is the son of Pacers coach Nate McMillan. Ooh. Mm-hmm. A lot of holiday love there. So that was uh, it was kind of strange to see that. Like the the Plumleys never did it uh, because yeah. they, they had a bunch of bros. Yeah, I guess that would have been tough since all the Plumleys are like the exact same position to see the three of them out there running, smashing into each other. Uh, but yeah, very cool. It's just unfortunate it couldn't have happened on an actual holiday. That would have been incredible. Uh, maybe, maybe next season. All right, we'll get to our losers. But first, uh, a word from our sponsors. I'm not proud of what I'm about to tell you. I had apple pie for breakfast this morning. Mm. Yeah, I was the last of the Christmas leftovers. Did I have to pile two scoops of ice cream on it? That's debatable. The point is, I gotta get out of this holiday eating tailspin. All I brought for lunch today is a Terry's chocolate orange. I'm looking down the barrel at full-blown diabetes. Time to fire up the DoorDash app. 
All I have to do is hit the healthy icon at the top and it shows me dozens of options to start the new year right. Plus, right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NODUMS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code NODUMS. Don't forget, promo code NODUMS, $5 off your first order from DoorDash. I know my holiday eating has been terrible. <laughs> oh, brutal. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't actually, when I'm doing it, I, I'm thinking it's fine. I, it's not, I, I, I think I'm just eating a lot of huge quantity because I get on mm. the scale. I'm a scale checker, wow. cereal scale checker, and it just keeps ticking <laughs> up and up and up. I'm kind of surprised when I see it happening, but I'm glad. I'm actually glad to be back in the office because it's nice. It's been uh, 26 minutes of not eating anything. It's uh, <laughs> the longest I've gone. I know. Laura and I were like, I cannot wait to just eat rice. Like, I can't wait to get home to eat <laughs> rice and vegetables. I think I saw two pieces of green while I was back home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm about plus eight on the season after the holidays. <laughs> yeah, that's about where I am too. Plus mm. minus. There's a lot of noise in that stat, but it's coming through right now. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's get to the losers. Trey, kick us off. Losers of the break. The Sacramento Kings, seven straight losses. Even worse are the bad vibes. First, Dwayne Dedman wants out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dwayne Dedman wants out. He's fallen out of the rotation. He was a guy who... Performed pretty well for the Hawks, but uh, Luke Walton doesn't seem to be a big Dwayne Dedman fan. So if you're interested in Dwayne, give him a ring. (laughs) Second part that's bad news for them. Buddy Heald has been struggling during uh, this losing streak. He's been shooting under 30% from the field and from three. He got benched a couple of times and immediately said, I guess we got trust issues. The coaches don't trust trust the players. I know I've been struggling, but you got to ride that wave. Now, apparently, he apologized before practice. They're trying to put that all behind him. But... I'm just reminded of during the preseason, Buddy Heald was talking in the locker room about how he needed to get his extension. Now he's talking about how the coaches don't trust him. He could just be an emotional guy, and he's just responding to uh, the the situation around him. But you don't like one of your top three players to be uh, to be smashing the team every couple of months. Uh, even if he's apologizing to the team. The media isn't seeing that part of it. They're just seeing the complaints and the trust issues. So that's another bad vibe. And then third, Marvin Bagley is out again with a sprained foot. They said uh, the next few games, nobody really knows what that means. That's pretty inconclusive. But to have a trade request, a complaint about the coaching, and an injury in a week is pretty tough. Uh, The Kings had a lot of promise coming into the season they were great last year they caught a lot of teams off guard and it hasn't happened like this it feels like this is going to be a bit of a lost season for the kings yet again De'Aaron fox has been in and out of the lineup with injuries uh, as we know bagley that guy those two are their real future um the the westbrook and durant if you will of the sacramento kings so to see them struggling to even play to even string together games is tough for a Kings team that has been fun to watch occasionally. Yeah, I'm glad you brought them up uh, because, yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on. Buddy Heald, he just needs some media training. Just, just <laughs> honestly, that's, that's strictly what he needs. It's great that he is a vocal guy and he says what he wants and, and speaks up, but it doesn't bode well for the team. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're totally right. I, I immediately thought of that contract extension talk, too. And uh, this, it's, it's not a good look, not a good idea, period. Uh, I think we got to give some kudos to De'Aaron Fox for coming back and playing hurt on mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. 
and he played pretty well despite the the back spasms that knocked him out uh, for basically two games of this you know seven game losing streak. Same game, Marvin Bagley was knocked out, but you know that's sort of just an excuse. You got to find a way to win a game or two, like, because in this seven game streak, they've lost to teams that they should have beat. The Grizzlies, um, that Wolves game where the guys got knocked out, the Suns, you know, is a debatable one, but they didn't play De'Aaron Fox both and and Marvin Bagley, and so there, there's uh, I think a lot of a lot of ingredients here that lead up to uh, or that equal out to a lot of uh, defeats. And that other one, other one you mentioned, Dwayne Dedman's an interesting one. They signed him to be sort of a glue guy, and now he's complaining because Rashawn Holmes is taking his minutes. Hmm. And Dwayne Dedman, of all people, uh, you know, a guy who's a journeyman in this league, requesting a trade after signing a monster deal. <laughs> Definitely the biggest contract that he'll ever receive uh, in the NBA. And it's strange because, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, the team that he came from, could desperately use him. So I don't know if there's a trade there to be worked out. Uh, but uh, Dwayne Dedman hasn't worked out so so well. Uh, you know, the, the, there are other guys like Corey Joseph, who is the same sort of Dwayne Dedman signing, uh, you know, a, a glue guy that would be behind the, the Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. the De'Aaron Fox of this uh, Westbrook and Durant combo and De'Aaron Fox. He's been fine. Uh, Trevor Reese has been not as fine, uh, but... Rashawn Holmes has been good, so, been very you know, good. they're like 50-50 on veteran signings. Right. Uh, which is about as good as you can hope, but I guess that just leaves one guy out of the picture. Uh, Kurt Helen, Basketball Talk, tweeted, due to injuries, Sacramento's three young stars, Fox, Bagley, and Heald, have played a total of 49 minutes together this season. Jay Mars said that that is .03% of total minutes that the Kings have played this season, that their three best players, the three guys they're building around, have actually been on the court playing together. You can't even figure out what you have if the guys aren't out there. That's a very good point. All that said, they're two games out of a playoff <laughs> spot uh, because the West is so wild. You know, It's a softy. Yeah, the eighth spot is sub-500 with the Portland Trail Blazers, so the Blazers, Spurs, Grizzlies, Suns, and Kings, even the Wolves – Pelicans? I don't know. Uh, basically, everybody but the Warriors. They still have hope to make the the postseason playoffs. Oh, the Warriors are going to get Curry back at some point. You can't count them out yet. They've been on fire. Uh, anyway, that's uh, it, it is a wild picture. But this is it, it's a wild playoff picture. But this is the type of year where the Kings should be making the playoffs. The, this young team should be finally capitalizing on all that youth and making it. My next loser. Uh, it's a weird one, but Kelly Oubre of the Phoenix Suns has nothing to do with basketball, but in my uneducated opinion, I think Kelly Oubre, coolest-looking guy in the league. Okay. I, th- I think he rocks it. But he has some competition because we mentioned Michael Porter Jr. made his first career start, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is coming for that title. Now getting some Ooh. some minutes. I know Gary Harris was out, and that's why Michael Porter Jr. really got his first career start. Uh, but I think, I think MPJ... I'm going to call him that, Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. PJs. He's got a nickname. He just he's, he rocks it. You know, he's he's just a cool-looking guy. Yeah, a bit of a heartthrob look, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he's finally playing. I, I, I'm, I don't watch college, so I had no idea who Michael Porter Jr., all this hype coming out of Missouri, was last year because he sat out the entire year last year. Uh, and now he had his career high on Sunday with 19 points because this is the first season he's playing. First start in over two years, really, because he hasn't started since uh, he played at Missouri. But um, I don't know. I'm buying the look. I'm buying the game. That athleticism is is real. Uh, he had a huge putback dunk on a ball where he was just hanging in the rim. Mm-hmm. It, he was uh, he was up there, really just just hanging. 
just chilling. It was a Space Jam mm-hmm. thing, man. It, like the the low camera angle where you just saw him just almost like forehead against the rim, and then he found the ball and just dunked it. it was a really cool shot. So uh, Kelly Oubre, he's coming for your spot, man. Michael Porter Jr. Just a quick loser there. Nothing more. That's nothing tough, less. man. That is tough. He didn't do anything to relinquish that, but <laughs> there's a lot of cool looking dudes out there. MPJ is one of them. Yeah, I guess maybe Kelly Oubre is still in the mix for a most improved player, which is, I guess, where he should focus his energy now that we got this other handsome guy (laughs) coming in and dunking everywhere. You got another loser? Another loser. The Charlotte Hornets have lost five straight games, but the true loser is Terry Rozier, who at the end of a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, 94-94, the Hornets get a stop. Rozier grabs the ball. The clock has wound down. The buzzer has gone off. The game is over. Terry Rozier chucks the ball into the stands. But, you know, it was 94-94. <laughs> so the game, not technically over. That's a technical foul for Terry Rozier, who then sees Chris Paul go to the line, hit a free throw to start the overtime period. The Hornets go on to lose in overtime. And then Terry Rozier fined $25,000 for throwing the ball into the stands. He just thought he was celebrating. <laughs> Got to check the score. Really weird that that uh, free throw <laughs> came at the beginning of overtime, right? Yeah, that's lucky. It is lucky. Like, would the referees have the guts to say, <laughs> you know what? Technical foul right at the end of the fourth quarter to win the game. That would have been bonkers. But I guess it makes sense the buzzer went. But I've never seen a – I don't think I've ever seen a free throw to start an overtime period. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, if you heard that, that was my foot squeaking on my chair. That was a chair foot fart, not an actual <laughs> fart. But, uh, yeah, it was shades of Michael Ruffin and Morris Peterson with the chuck the ball up yeah. in the air, and then Peterson got it and knocked down the shot. Obviously, that was an actual buzzer beater. I wonder if you're right, if, you're right, if it would have been – 0.1 seconds. Mm-hmm. They would have had to do the technical foul during the fourth quarter, uh, but just a very strange thing to happen. I can't remember that ever happening, especially like you see Rozier's reaction. He's just like looking around like, what? I, I just threw the ball in the stands. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. <laughs> you know, we just won the game, but uh, 94-94 is not a win. Tough one for Terry. All right, let's move on to the tweet of the night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. I said it's a non-basketball-y one, and I meant it. We're going to the NFL for Tweet of the Night. Excuse me? I know. I know. I know. Maybe I'm in playoff (laughs) mode here with the NFL. I don't know anything about the league, and I know I'm sure you don't – a lot of you out there don't care about it whatsoever, except for the Bills. They're great, huh? Cheer on those I guess so, yeah. Uh, They're going to the playoffs, baby. Actually, I read I read a preview about the Buffalo Bills going into Sunday's game, and the game meant nothing because they had already locked up a playoff spot. That's weird stuff. Anyways, uh, last night I watched an impassioned speech from veteran Chargers, Chargers QB Philip Rivers, who may have just played his last game for the organization. Take a listen. I can say I gave it everything I had. I mean, every week. And, and maybe it means an interception on 4th and 18 when you're down 10 because I don't care – that it's going to say two interceptions, you know, I really don't. It's just like, I ain't quitting. So I think that, I think, I think that, that, um, doing it with so many guys over, you know, 14 years and, and going to the locker room, win or lose. And I can say that gummit, we're short. We felt, we fell short, but, or we won, you know, uh, but shoot, I, I couldn't try it any harder. Okay. A lot of great things about that speech. He's, he's emotional. This could be the end of uh, the 38-year-old's career with the Chargers. He's played 14 years there. 
Chargers haven't put a good team around him. I've read through tweets, uh, <laughs> uh, but he's been obviously been great. Uh, second good thing, he kind of sounds like Garth Brooks. We didn't have Garth Brooks <laughs> off the top of the show, so it's good to get in uh, that accent right right now. And the last thing, he used the word daggummit, which we don't hear too often ever. I never hear it. I, I rarely hear it. I, I just don't. So can we hear it again, J.D.? Daggummit. And I wanted to <laughs> – one more time. Daggummit. That's a good – I think that's a very, very good uh, drop if we can ever squeeze that Daggummit. in. Daggummit. Daggummit. You just don't, don't hear that too often. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of uh, – and Skeets, I know, was, was really the leader of this guy. But there, there was a show, a uh, fishing show. Uh, Bill, Dance. Uh, Bill Dance. Bill Dance. Uh, he's the yeah. only other. He's the only other guy I've heard say "daggummit" in the last decade. I think. Uh, for me, it was my high school football coach who was from Tennessee, much like Bill Dance. He was a "daggummit, dagnabbit" kind of guy all the time. Big Bobby Bennett. Not a great coach, but a, <laughs> but a great quote. Uh, yeah, Keeps just, it clean. You got to respect that. <laughs> exactly. I saw somebody tweeting about this speech last night. They're like, Dad Gummond is exactly what you say if you have 10 kids, like Philip Rivers does. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's got a million kids. He's got to keep it clean. Keep it clean. Keep it Southern. Dad Gummond, I hope I see Philip Rivers on another team le- next year that I won't be watching, but he deserves <laughs> better than what he got with the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers. He's retired, huh? No, 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 no. He may not be retiring. He may be moving on to another team. Oh. This may be the end with the okay. the Chargers. He, he hasn't said. There's a chance he retires because he's 38 years old, but uh, he may go somewhere and, and hang on. Joe Montana on the Chiefs, mm. if you will. Yeah, I think somebody should give him a starting job. I saw the Dolphins <laughs> are playing, uh, who is it, the former Bills guy, uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick maybe? Fitzpatrick, oh, yeah, yeah. He should take his job. Well, <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colin Kaepernick should take both their jobs. Oh, there you go. Not Philip Rivers' job. Philip Rivers is good. But. Yeah, he can have another job. Come go play for the Bears, man. They say it up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to our pick and payoff. This segment is brought to you by Cash App, the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is the easiest way to send money to your friends, like when you need to settle up after some chills with the bros, a real scenario I participated in over the holiday break. But Cash App does way more than that. Cash App also comes with the Cash Card, a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are like instant rewards for shopping at the places you already love. I could have used some boosts at the gas station. Stopped so many times, I should be getting paid for it. Furthermore, We're also excited to be working with Cash App to support one of our favorite organizations, the ACLU. When you sign up for Cash App and use the promo code NODUNKS, one word, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App will also donate $10 to the ACLU. That's very nice. Don't forget promo code NODUNKS. That's one word. Also could spell it NODUNKS. N-O-D-U-N-K-S. Use that code when you download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today. We're going back. December 20th was the last day we did the pick and payoff. It was the Pelicans at the Warriors. Skeets and Lee got it wrong because they picked the Pels. Trey and myself, we got it right. Now, only two days remaining here. So the record's very, very important because the loser at the end of the month has to do something embarrassing. I'm in the clear at the top. But the other three guys, they're in it. Lee is at 8-7. and seven. Trey and Skeets... Tied behind him at 7-8. and eight. So tonight's game of Milwaukee at Chicago, very important. The Bulls getting 8.5 points. They're plus 8.5, so they can lose by 8 or less or win, obviously, to get the win. Skeets and Lee have sent in their picks. 
they're taking the Buckaroos. So Trey doesn't have to take the Bulls. It could come down to tomorrow night because he's tied with Skeets there at the uh, the bottom of the standings. But what do you think, Trey? You gonna go gonna go with your boys and against Skeets there? This is a tough one because I looked at the schedule for tomorrow. The Bulls don't play tomorrow. So if I'm going to lose this month, I would rather lose with the Bulls. Mm. But then they're playing the Bucks. <laughs> That's tough to begin with the Bucks. Third game in four nights. Maybe they're slacking. Maybe Giannis doesn't play. He's questionable right now. But the problem is it seems like uh, the Bulls have seven guys on their injury report. A lot of them are sick. I was in Chicago for the past week. It's actually nice there. It was like 50 to 60 degrees on Christmas Day. So these guys should be healthy. The big Arnata. That's Finnish for Tizo. Lori wow. Markin wow. is shooting 40% from three in December. He is questionable with an illness, but uh, I've heard he's been taking a lot of zinc, getting that vitamin C going. He's playing, and he's leading the Bulls to a seven-point loss, which would be a cover. I'll go with the Bulls. If I'm going to lose, I'd rather it be with a, a team I like. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the Bulls, too. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, I like getting splits up on the... Uh, the full screen, the uh, the graphic <laughs> that we put on social media to show our picks. And it's a very strange line. It's already dwindled down to six and a half. And so Giannis, I'm guessing, won't play. But I, I seem that would be why everybody, I think, is uh, on the Bulls right mm. now. Because he's questionable. And so that's why the line is shrinking, which is really, really strange. So it's going to come down... Could be tonight. Could be the end of it. I guess the uh, the other person who loses tonight will have a chance to tie it up on uh, December 31st because we're back, baby. We're doing shows each and every night. Fantastic stuff. We will be back. The guys, I'm sure, will be back very soon. That's the word. Uh, so don't worry. The team is still together, just like the Clipper bros are. Take it away, boys. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the big Arnata. <laughs> They have rolling R's and finish. <laughs> I don't know. The Google Translate definitely did. That means El Tizo in Finnish. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.